0: Tell me if you remember. Me if remember. No telling if you remember. Yeah. I'll never forget. I'll never forget yeah. Welcome to the hashtag Haldasin Podcast. The show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Cause Scene podcast. Today's guest is someone I got to be on a panel with last year, um, which is quite interesting, Danielle Smith. Danielle, can you introduce yourself to the audience?
1: Sure. I am Danielle Smith. I have a PhD in something called Industrial Organizational Psychology with a concentration in human factors. I always include that in my intro because um, it's a weird thing but I am a user experience professional working in industry for the last 10 years or so. 15 years now. Holy cow, I'm old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so we'll dive into all that plus that extra little bit that you added on because it absolutely means something. Uh-huh. So I always start the show with two questions. Why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing a scene?
1: That is, Those are great questions. and You told me about them ahead of time and I actually spent a lot of time thinking about it, but I did just want to come off the cuff a little because typically I don't cause a scene. So I've been this person who's wanted to be as good as they could be. Like, you know, I was a good kid in school and I've always um, wanted to kind of be in the background, but now like, I've, like you mentioned, like now I'm kind of old and I feel like nobody else is going to do it if you don't do it. So that's why it's become important to cause a scene. And you got to figure out your way of doing it and speaking up for things that you feel like are important. Because just because you wish it in your heart, it's not going to happen. You got to speak up.
0: Wow, that's interesting, because on that panel, I would not have said, thought that. You, you're you one of those, oh, I don't call the scene, causing the scene <laughs> kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's, yeah. be, let's be real. You're a Black woman with a PhD in STEM. So that right there causes a scene all its own. Um, the fact that you, because um, when you and I were uh, met, I was still uh, pursuing my doctorate and finally said, fuck it. I don't care. Um, I have the information. I have the knowledge. I'm doing it with my clients and nobody in this space really, it doesn't change. <laughs> it's like I'm going further into debt and it doesn't change. So you know what? I'm going to have to do it my way because their way does not work for me. So um, I could see, and then when you said that, it was so funny because I could just, I had this instant picture in my head of both of us as kids and me saying, come on, come on, Danielle, come on.
1: Like, and be, be crying <laughs> and being like,
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do that. Let me come up, like, come on. And they, and all they can do is go. Yeah, I, like, I probably <laughs> could tell
1: you the number of times, like, I could describe all the times I've gotten whoopings in my life. For, it might have been three. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, uh-huh.
0: wow. How was that kid? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was so opposite to that kid. I was like, don't go in the woods, camp. Damn, there's something in the woods they don't want me to see. So let me go on in the woods because all they're going to do is punish me. What? I've been there, done that, but
1: it's
0: something in the woods. They don't want me to see it. Let me go, man. No. So we had a that was a really I can say magical time. That we met at Blacks in Tech conference, their first conference in Minneapolis last October, and that was months later. Just realizing how special that moment was. That was the time that we met Nipsey Hussle. I didn't even know who the hell Nipsey Hussle was before then. And then I get pulled on a panel with him just because the person drops out and I show up. And they're like, hey, can you be on this panel? I'm like, yeah, about what? And that was just a great time. And then um, on a panel with you, not really knowing again what the panel was, but man, it was real. Yeah, it was. Man, it was real. And then... I tell people, like, the best part of that conference to me was when we went in, oh, yeah. like, the speaker's room. And all the speakers were just, that was the best. I didn't go to nothing else. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> After I gave my keynote, that was, yeah. I was done. I was, we sat in that, con- that speaker's room talking amongst ourselves, being political, being funny, being, um, uh, oh, God, oh, my God, that was the best part of the freaking it conference.
1: It really was
0: just to connect with other professional black people in an honest, safe space. So we didn't have to switch, cold switch.
1: We didn't have to do any of those things. And it was, it was nice to talk about stuff that we didn't realize that each other cared about, you know? Yeah. And that was fantastic about that conversation. I was actually just telling my husband all about like, oh yeah like I'm talking to Kim tomorrow and oh you remember I told you about her she was a woman at the conference and she's like there's a lot of Kims <laughs> I was like you had to be there man you had to be there <laughs> yeah you missed it
0: and so it's like I, I'm thinking about our panel what was the
1: what was that pa- I don't even know what the title was, of the panel was what I was remember the title, title because it was called Black Girl Magic and I was yeah okay I, but it. I was the same as you like I didn't know any of the people. I knew Iori. I knew one person on the panel, but I did know the woman organizing it. um, And, like, just giving her my bio the day before or the week before, I didn't know what to expect. And yeah, Yeah, I'd say I knew Saran, and that was it. Um, and we rocked we did. that panel. And since then, I've talked to Saran. I've talked to Kanika, the woman who organized it. And Iori yeah. and I are, are tight, so we talk periodically. But yeah, that was a great. Like I feel like I got new people now. Like I love y'all. Yeah. Was- so
0: let's 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 dive into. Well, first of all, I want to know, I want to put you, you are, let's talk about what you do first and then we'll get on the social thing. So let's talk about specific, because when I have black women on here, because we're the most educated, the most degreed in this country, I want to highlight and shout out because we understand that it's unfortunate. Although I loved matriculating, I never, the reason I didn't get my degree was um, I didn't go for the degree. I wasn't finding the information I needed to um, learn how to build businesses just with information on the internet. And so I was like, I needed a structured program. And so once I got to that part where um, I finished all my courses and was working on my doctoral study, I was like, well, you know, I can do this doctoral study on my own. I really don't need yeah. <laughs> this this school thing to do it. But, um, but I, lo- I love learning. And so but we also recognize that as black women, we have to have come in the door with so much more than everybody else. So let's talk about your journey because it's so unique and you're in such a unique space. Cause you're at um, an eyeglass company,
1: if I remember correctly. Not quite, Express Scripts It's the pharmacy benefit yeah. manager, um, but yeah, okay. still a, a unique space to be fair. Okay. Um, I did, I did not like school. I will be the first person to tell you I am a, uh, my mom used to tease me or she got to the point where she figured me out, I guess, um, because when I started undergrad, I had a research assistant job and I was like, mom, I can't, I mean, I don't really think I can do this job and do a good job at school. And she was like, Danielle, please, is that getting away your chill time or your, your I was like, <laughs> right. I, like, the sh- the structured learning thing just never was good for me.
0: I never liked it until I got into my
1: um, graduate program. Undergraduate and, and K through 12 was a waste for me. Great. I I made great grades. Great grades. It's like, that wasn't a problem. But I, I just, I hated it. I hated grad school. I, I hated the whole thing. The only reason why I did this was to get a job. Like, I was always thinking I didn't want to have to be married to be self-sufficient, because my mama wasn't, she wasn't married, um, and I saw how she struggled, and I always wanted stuff, and so I figured the only way to get stuff and to not have to be stressed about it was to get an advanced degree. I used to think it was to become a doctor, but then I didn't like hospitals, so I um, ended up liking technology a lot, and. Finding that psychology and technology go together in this way, and found this program, and so I went ahead and did it. The stuff is interesting, but I really like the internship part of my studies. Exactly.
0: that's why. Yeah. Like once I've got once I got the basics, I was like, I need to go out and and this theory shit doesn't work for me. I need to be actually
1: right. And I (laughs) and like man, so many things. Like I went to Rice. For grad school, and that's different. Like it's a good school, and I would recommend it. But like I'm from Houston, so I'm thinking, oh, I'm in grad school in Houston. It's like a different, like you're on a different, in a different dimension or something. Let's talk about that. Um, let's unpack
0: that because you're 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 skirting around some stuff, and I need to know what you mean. Oh,
1: right. Okay, oh,
0: right. I'm talking to Kim. Sorry. Yes, okay. Exactly. This is the this is the hashtag Cosine Podcast. Let's be
1: real. Right. So. I had never, I'm from Houston, like, I am, I went, my family's Catholic, but we're a Black Catholic community in the inner city, like, just, my world was pretty Black my whole life, until I got to grad school. I mean, undergrad was at Louisiana State, which was where I met white people, to be perfectly honest, that my mama didn't work with, but Um, I didn't really have a lot of exposure to folks who weren't like me, like until I got to grad school and I met these people who like went to $100,000 undergrad programs. And back then in like in 2000, that was a lot of money, (laughs) but but got their undergrad for $100,000 and their parents just paid for it. And I was like, what? How do you, what do you? what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, like this idea of, you know, student loans and, um, and just kind of basic stuff that they had no no clue. And then with me being in Houston, I'd say something about like, oh yeah, this weekend I'm going to Fifth Ward to 54th, pick up my grandpa or something. And I'm like, oh, you go there? I was like, I'm from there. So it was a lot of mismatches, just mm-hmm. like were these people also from houston Was some of them from houston uh one of them was but most of them were not most of them were not
0: yeah 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 yeah. they were just they're matriculating
1: (laughs) and the one that was was pretty like she knew some of the stuff that i was talking about but not really because she was from a very well-off part of houston like a very traditionally white rich part of houston and so my Houston and her Houston was not the same thing. And this is
0: why I wanted you to un- unpack. Right. Whiteness continues to think that we're all having the same experiences.
1: And, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. And and I see that now. And that's what kind of what I was saying about the things that I've learned about being a grown-up is that we are not all having the same experience. And if we are going to make this world a place where we can all thrive, then we need to be able to talk about that. And not try to force everybody into the same experience, but have a world that's more accepting of people the way they are.
0: And it's so interesting because the the way people have always been. So it's not like these individuals are changing who they are. It's just that people have just been totally oblivious that these different things yeah. actually happen. So it's not. So we're not asking. For they like all of a sudden we've changed, we flipped the script. No, the script has always been this way for us. Right. <laughs> so this is so funny because this past weekend, my mom is a Sigma Gamma Roe, and she was um, she was um um uh what do you call it? Um doing a judge for a step show. Yeah. And I normally wouldn't do this or I wouldn't have done this in the past, but since I've been doing this work and I intimately understand that white people not just white people, but non-blacks do not understand or have had any exposure to our experiences. So every time a new, um, uh, uh, a new team went up, I would say that the title of the thread was because I'm black as fuck. And it would be because I'm black as fuck one, because I'm black as fuck two, because I'm black as fuck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. And everybody was having so much fun everybody was having it was so much fucking fun and then like the end when everybody gets together and they're just like competing after you know everybody the team's done everybody's just on the floor just jamming waiting for the you know waiting for the judges to come up with their scores that is us that's celebratory having fun kind of thing and I was like you know what white folks I need y'all to get to see some of this because y'all are missing all of this We don't want you to participate. We don't want you putting your hands in it. We don't need you fucking it up like that. But I need you because I'm always told, oh, I didn't even know that. And so I was like, let me just show y'all. We're just different.
1: Yeah, we are. And I I got to, I remember I started doing some like little things that made me realize that that was important. Um, Like my first job out of grad school, it was at Dell. And that was like when I first went to Austin, and it was like very different. Again, like I had this big change in grad school. Like, grad school was hard, and then it was a different culture, so it was extra hard. I moved to a different city, had my first job. I'm all excited about it. And they, I can't remember exactly what it was. Oh, no, I take it back. I do. George Chakai. It was 2007, George Chakai or 2008. George Chakai came to speak at Dell as part of um, Pride Month. And he was speaking about, I don't know exactly what the topic was, but somebody at Dell, like they sent out the announcement over email. Somebody at Dell replied all and had this long rant that said, this is great novel. How come we don't have white man appreciation day? And I feel like I'm being taken down and like long email to say out. and i was like what? what what is what is this what do i do with this <laughs> my manager my manager bless her heart r- ran to my cube and was like danielle y'all don't reply to that email and i was like y'all thought i was gonna reply to that email but okay <laughs> but after that okay let me start were you were you one of f- a few people of color there why would she come to you um she came i right, come to find out she did come to all of the new hires like okay she was like, "Y'all don't know." Replying to all is fireable offense. Oh. Uh, that dude is getting fired. Mm. So don't get fired. I just mm. hired you.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Got you.
1: Yeah. After that, we started having more conversations about race and culture at work, which is a strange. Like now that I've I'm a manager, I, I realize that that was a strange situation, and I started like being like, "Hey, y'all, it's Juneteenth." Happy Juneteenth. And everybody being like, What's what's mm-hmm. Juneteenth? It's like, oh well, let me tell you. And um I'm and then on Martin Luther King Day, I'll be like, hey, we're all at work. For some reason we don't get off today. But let's talk about <laughs> Martin Luther King. <laughs> yeah. Since, since we got to be, be here. here you're gonna
0: gonna learn college. today. You're gonna
1: learn. <laughs> it's amazing. Like you said, like not that's not new. Like like I remember thinking, I'm in Austin, Texas. Y'all don't know what Juneteenth is? Like this is a this is a Texas holiday. Like this is something that started in Texas.
0: Y'all should know about this. But the thing is really, it's interesting to me, and this is what I keep, and I'm glad you bring this up. They don't, whiteness does not know because it's never had to know. Unless it impacted, in, unless it impacts whiteness directly, and that's why they're up in the arms at this point because everything is impacting their ass in a way that never happened. Yeah. Um. So until this point, you can you can be ignorant. I mean, ignorance was preferred because you they're ignorant by design. Because if you start questioning shit, then you realize how complicit you are in a lot of stuff. Um. And you recognize how do you start going back because I've had several people tell me after you know learning a bit and then they start going back and playing in their heads the things that they've said to their black friends that their black friends never responded to but they know that it was some racist shit um
1: and <laughs> and you know it's like yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm, you did. yeah you did yep you did yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah I, did. I laugh because yeah it's, not, it's that it's that's reaction that i'm trying to help people see more so than i don't I like to believe that people are fun- fundamentally good. And I know that that's not a, a common belief, but that is the way that I roll. And I feel like my job, part of my job is to point that shit out and be like, hey, you know, that's, there's this holiday that you didn't know about. Uh, <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> um, so, my, so my calendar didn't pop up on yours? <laughs> I know, it didn't pop up on yours. And oh, hey, by the way, you shouldn't, when you talk about um, like giving people different feedback you shouldn't use an animal analogy when you're talking about mm-hmm. somebody black, that's just not cool. Like that, that has a lot of baggage on it. I just had this conversation with some managers at my current company. It was just like, just just take a moment and think of something else to say.
0: <laughs> it's, and, and, and it's that, and again, I, well, let me, let me put this out there. And if people don't know this already, if, if I didn't think people were fundamentally decent, I wouldn't be doing this work. Um, right, right. Um, and yet, even in that, I don't trust whiteness by default. And I and I <laughs> You and have and said I, that I, I forgot. Oh <laughs> my god! Okay, yeah. I don't trust whiteness by default, and all whiteness is racist. So we start at that. We start at that. Where that's the that's the baseline. And then we all you have to do is your job. Is if you don't like that, don't come at me. what you need to do is work on there's a spectrum of racism. It's either actively white supremacists or actively anti-racist. So you need to be working on the actively anti-racist part of that on a consistent basis, or we and you gonna have a conversation. So it, it eliminates so much, art, cause I see so many people going back and forth on Twitter about what racism is and not, all, you know what? We gonna cut through the chase. We gonna just say, my default is, you ain't got to like it. My default when I meet white people, not that I don't like you. I don't know your ass. And even the ones I do know, they still know I don't trust them until they've proven that they can consistently. Um, and I still know your ass is a racist. So that never changes. <laughs> I, this,
1: Yeah, I remember this also being like, you and my mama should talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And it's it, and, and it's and, and I come from it from a place of compassion, actually, because I recognize that you're the schooling, the education process of whiteness has been to never to um, examine it. It's always right. It's always the default of good. And the system is designed for you not to know this history, because if you knew this history, you would not be complete. Most people would not be complacent. They would not sit and sleep well at night knowing that these systems are in place. So my job is to say, hey, that thing you see over there that you taking advantage of, this is why you get to take advantage of it and people like Danielle and I have to go get a degree just to be just to be looked at. Yeah. And you still don't have no damn student
1: debt. <laughs> Uh uh-huh it's a little different it is and yeah so we don't we're not having the same experience no 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 and that actually that reminds me of something else so one of my the things that my team is responsible for is is accessibility and that's a conversation that has a lot of parallels to what you what you're talking about so my team helps to make sure that um and you'll see my point in a second but we did to help get stuff done is to change the conversation from it being a legal compliance exactly to being an equality conversation we especially for us we are a pharmacy guess who uses pharmacies sick people and everybody and people that get sick (laughs) so you want them to be able to use your your tools no matter what whatever situations got they got going on they they need large print they need screen readers they like today they're that um diabetic retinopathy is kind of this passing thing today they can't see that well tomorrow they might be able to um Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. we want to make sure that stuff is is you consider the spectrum of humanity when you build um digital tools
0: and that speaks to um one of the tenets one of the themes of hashtag called the scene which is prioritizing Mm, the most vulnerable and that's exactly what it is. It's like when the most vulnerable are taken yes. care of, everybody else is taken care of by, by default. Um, and also it's uh, that, if, that, so the themes for hashtag call the scene are, prioritize the most vulnerable. Tech is not neutral. Lack of inclusion is a risk management issue and um, intention without strategy is chaos so what you just spoke to are two of the things about prioritizing the most vulnerable and lack of inclusion is a risk management issue because if your job is to ensure that sick people are able to use your tools and you create barriers for them that's a risk management issue so if they can't get their medication if they can't do what they need to do you've created a barrier for someone and and whether you knew it or not, yeah. there's a consequence. And that is
1: that is exactly the conversation that we have at work. Um, I wish you could like see some of the responses we get from engineers when we show them what, you know, the, the difference between what existed yesterday and what they built for tomorrow. When we put that in front of blind people and how much better that experience is and you hear blind people say, or not, I'm not just, I don't mean to keep saying blind, but um, you hear people saying, oh, well, if this had have existed this way, I would have, I wouldn't have skipped my medication last month. Or if this had have been this way, oh, I didn't, wouldn't need to call a cab to come pick me up and take me to the pharmacy. I didn't need to do all that planning. I could have just did it on my mobile phone. I mean, you know, some of the things that we take for granted, I mean, like thinking of the larger conversation is like some of the things that those of us in the majority, the the um, people without disabilities, some of uh, some of the things that we take for granted are just stuff that's impossible for other groups because of just basic choices that we make, not for any fundamental reason.
0: To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com.
1: For other groups, because of just basic choices that we make, not for any fundamental reason.
0: Exactly. And it goes to, this is why I like to define terms when I first start talking. And I find I define, people get all bent out of shade above the word privilege. But for me, privilege is who has access and who, <laughs> has, the, the, who has the choice to des- decide if they want to um, engage or not, so able-bodied individuals have access to the internet without any any um, barriers right, but we're not the most vulnerable right. <laughs> in those situations. We need to be thinking about those individuals who do not have privilege on your websites, who do not have privilege in your um, in your um, let's say in your in your Uber app or even in, in, in just in a ride sharing um, because uh, we're in this doggone sharing economy, there's so much that we just create because we can that we yeah. just don't think about other humans in in the process of just because we can. This is like God damn, just because you can. That's yes. but again, that also goes to marginalized groups. Understand this is another reason what I loved about this conference, and I had one of my clients. Uh, she's a white um, she's a white individual who I um, had go because I wanted her. To, to attend a conference that was not designed for her comfort. That was her assignment. So it was a, a conference of black people created by black people for black people. And as a white person, you were gonna be in the minority and no one was gonna cater to your comfort. <laughs> and, um, and we had a conversation about this. And I thought, and I, it was really interesting when she when she, she, she came back and said, um, I was like, so how was that? Did you feel uncomfortable? She's like, I was, I, so, she's like, oh, my God, no, I didn't. She's like, when I go to conferences that prioritize whiteness, tech conferences, all they talk about are tools and these projects they're working on. And, and everybody wants to look at live code and whatever. She's like, everybody there was talking about solving problems and helping each other out. And I was like, that's that is what marginalized communities have learned to do. This is why we still thrive and we haven't gone anywhere, even in spite of all the bullshit that has been thrown in our way, while we still, we rise. Um, Because when we get in those spaces, which are rare, so there were technical, because I I have a different definition of technical, there were technology-based talks. Yes. There were people talking about code and, and frameworks, but they were talking about it not in how to, you know, manipulate the DOM or anything. They were talking about how they were using those tools and those frameworks and those technologies to solve real world problems. Yeah, and I felt that was so empowering to be around these people, just again, being in that room we were talking about, just talking about, these are the things that are happening in our community. Let's discuss that. We're gonna some there was some there was some conflict going on and we were able to squash that. It was like it was just so much going on. It was just really nice. It was.
1: I wish we had recorded that part. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things, one of the things that actually drew me to this this field is that I like I have to be doing something to further some cause. Like um, and I mean, and I probably mean cause differently than you, but I mean something like I can't just be, let's talk about that. Why do you think you mean cause something differently? Uh, because you? I mean like some sort of commercial cause, but not, I, I don't know. My, I, I haven't really done a good job of operationalizing what that means, but I'll give it to you an example. So I really liked working at like places that I've liked working at. i I've worked on enterprise technology. So either I'm helping somebody do their job better or I am helping someone to grow their business. Um, here I'm doing health, I'm working on healthcare. So I'm helping folks get access to medication. I'm helping people realize that they can afford the medication if they didn't think they could because they didn't know they had their benefit covered, whatever, so those are the kind of things that we do in my current job the place places that I didn't like to work even though they are perfectly like perfectly decent companies is like worked at PayPal for a little bit and they had to and I kept moving projects until they found one because like the idea of just helping people buy stuff online just wasn't that that drove me a little nuts um, and that's why like when I started school I looked into the Um, Not started school, but different projects I've done in education along the course of my education. I didn't really like just basic psychology, just basic psychology research. Um, Didn't really like development, like coding itself. Like I know it's you're doing it towards an end, but all of my focus in actual actually writing the code, like the little wins that I got from doing that, just didn't keep me going. Um, and I, you know, bless y'all who can do that. <laughs> um, I think
0: we're I, I, I'm going to challenge you because I think we're more aligned than you think we are because okay. yeah, no, because my, the doctors I was, um, pursuing was a doctor's of business administrations focusing on technology entrepreneurship.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I want, yeah, I want to. Um, I wanted to learn how to build businesses because I want to. <laughs> First of all, I like the process of building business, businesses. I like looking at problems from the top down and and putting in um, and 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 putting in the processes so the businesses can evolve and scale and recover. Um, and what I recognize in this space that most people don't have a business, what they have is a product or service that they've been able to scale and they just don't have anything in place to, Yeah. so they're reinventing the wheel every single time. So that's something I'm very excited about. But also on that end, I want to democratize business school education. Um, I, I think it's deplorable that the only people who have access to learn how to build sustainable profitable businesses in 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 in, uh at scale are people who um who have to spend this kind of money for education um or who have connections of people who can teach them where i know like i'm working with a team in el salvador right now who we're working on a project to bring this process that i created to el salvador and so that uh, entrepreneurs there aren't creating businesses for I mean jobs for themselves, We're actually creating businesses. and the 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 impact of building a business in El Salvador has so many more positive implications than they do in here in the United States. Um, and 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 they scale to a community. I mean, one business can really fundamentally shift how community is. So those yeah. things are important to me. Um, And the only reason, and I say this over and over again, because I am not an inclusion and diversity specialist. I am a a business strategist. And the only reason I have to wait around in a damn pool of inclusion and diversity is because we don't have any. I mean, (laughs) this is a fundamental fundamental problem that we have. Um, I really want to get to a place where inclusion and diversity is the foundation of which you build a business. This is where you start from and not something you slap on at the end. Um, so that's why I spend so much time in this end of the damn pool. Not that I want to, it's because for me to do the job that I want to, because I go into a company and I'm like, well, I know why the hell your shit don't work. You know? yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I gotta it's, go back and do that. <laughs> it's so funny. I I say that like I I think you're right, because I think about like when I say I'm for a because like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saving the world. You're killing saving the world. I'm just like trying to make sure shit works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hell, I'm not trying to save the world either. I'm trying to, let, let me be honest. I'm trying to build a business for myself. And this is how I like, build. I don't, um, there's some products and stuff that I have in mind, but to me, I have, I know that, and that's why I love being in the tech space. I know that I have an impact to change the world. That's what empowers me. If I was in just regular healthcare or or um, law, or whatever, I wouldn't be. No one would know who the hell I am. It took a year of speaking at conferences, educating this space on what I could do, and actually now podcasts, conferences, actually writing stuff so people can understand what I'm all about. And because it's such a, quote unquote, when it wants to be innovative space, I do have more opportunity here and that every tech touches everything. So I do, I can tell you, I get a, I get a hard on from the fact that I can, I can really have an impact on how, companies work throughout the world. Oh, yeah. That I can't, yeah. So that's there, definitely. Oh yeah. So um, that's the cause I got. I okay. just
1: really, just, like,
0: I did that. I had a say. I helped build, I helped change how we do business and how we build companies. Yeah,
1: all right. Well, yeah, I think we're pretty much aligned. Cause yeah. That. I was like, what do you
0: mean? Yeah. This is not about, I mean, this is not about cancer. I mean, that's <laughs> great. I get it. This is not about autism. I get that. Yeah. Um, this is about me fundamentally changing how we do business. I want to change how capitalism is done. Yeah, it shouldn't be just white venture capitalists doing this stuff. It should. It should be we could. We could fundamentally change. So that's what I tell people. People are like, oh, capitalism. No, capitalism is a
1: fucking theory. It's how it's been implemented, which is the problem. I remember your talk on. I remember you bringing it up in the, your talk, and I sent, I took a picture of that slide and sent it to my mama because y'all are like y'all so amazing okay
0: so you were at that talk when when the ceo of um uh, yes. when the ceo of best Buy made yes. tried to make me go back Probably. and change my slide i mean and i was like dude dude only because you the ceo would i go backwards uh but, yes
1: but like i mean honestly like i'm just my whole thing is that i want to make it all easier to use i'm not trying to make it easy like like i yeah I mentioned a thing about PayPal. It kind of bugged me because I was making it easier for people to just get into debt. Because my specific part of PayPal was PayPal Credit, and that's important. And but that just wasn't like that. Kind of bugged me. They put me on. They put me on the business credit product, and I rocked that shit. Mm-hmm. It was great. I was like, yes, businesses need access to capital. They need to be able to do mm-hmm. the thing. But I do not yeah. want tools, systems processes like hardware software the process of acquiring them to be the reason that anybody isn't doing whatever the fuck they want exactly. to do. exactly and that's God, what i'm here because for
0: technology is the democratizer of everything it leveled the playing field i would not have a podcast if it was not for today's right. technology because i wouldn't have access to a studio and all these other things i mean i get how do i get my my speakers i dm them on twitter mainly so it's it's like, and how do I have a voice? Um, I get, this. as long as I have an internet connection and the an app, I can say what the hell I want to. And I I, it gets on my, it gets, it, the, the gatekeepers bother me because it's the, it's the end of it. Because going back to our earlier conversation, we're not having the same experiences. So you need to hear our stories. You've been telling our narrative wrongly for so long that you mm-hmm. think you know our experience better than we do and you continue to cause harm. Shut, Sit down, shut up, and let us tell you what the hell we need. We know what we need. Yeah.
1: Yes. Let people, like, oh, man. This, if you think about how hard it was just to set up your internet God. 10 years ago. Oh. You've got mail. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to tell people to, like, oh, uh, anyway, what's your IP address? Anyway, we're oh, trying yeah. to do all this high-speed internet. It's like, the fact that we're able to see each other and yes. talk, <laughs> and not look at a DOS screen. <laughs> yeah. Like, like making this technology accessible to people. Zoom is a great tool. <laughs> like making all of this stuff accessible and usable and make it performant at a price point that people can actually attain. Like that is why I'm here. Like that's Nirvana. That's Nirvana. Like Nirvana. I'm, If I can get it to where Uber is delivering your medication and you don't even have to break stride, (laughs) like you know, like keeping you healthy and happy while you attain like you said, tell your story, attain your greatness, take care of your kids, whatever you whatever you you want to do. Travel the world. Travel the world. Whatever. Whatever you want to do, not what somebody else is telling you to do. Exactly. But I feel you on that cold thing. I'm I'm
0: um doing going through uh, uh, the cold um learn Python the hard way again, just because I, I like manipulating it on for projects like me, just for a little hobby stuff. But to do that as a job, I would, I would absolutely lose it. Every, I would be such a bitch. It's just, (laughs) I'm just going to say that because, um, it would, it would, it would feed some of the worst parts of my introvert, introvertedness and, and it just does not stimulate me, it, it not in that way. I need, it would only stimulate me for like an hour or so. I would have to have way more things in my job <laughs> than sitting in
1: front of a um, yeah, computer all day coding. Probably probably would have I need more that things flight. in your job. Um, that's one of the things that I, I try to encourage. And what, that's, kind of, that's how I actually got involved with Blacks in Tech. Um, many, many years ago, I was at some talk at South by back when South by was still about talks. Um, <laughs> yeah. and mm-hmm. kids were standing up saying that they they tried to get into tech, but they didn't like programming, and they didn't understand, you know, so they felt like they needed to find something else to do. So I stood up and told them about what I did. Like I like I tried coding, didn't like it. I'm not like straight math I, I call it kind of basic math didn't really resonate with me but when I got to statistics that was sort of my magic mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. oh my gosh this is fascinating I love mm-hmm, this mm-hmm.
0: Um, I can tell you when I took my statistics class I thought it was because we were talking about how hard it was but to be able
1: to communicate that way was just like oh that's interesting <laughs> yeah like populations and distributions mm-hmm. and how they interact And like like mm-hmm. uh, that was that was my jam and to talk to kids about that like I'm a psychologist. I really like technology. Um, I have friends that are artists. They do design and they are also in technology. Like there are other paths for you to go. We have to stop
0: putting coding and programming on this pedestal as if it's the only gateway into it. It's not the only it's not the only gate. There's so many other jobs that need to be
1: done. (laughs) Yeah, like we have a team. We have a whole fucking team that writes all the words on the website. <laughs> content team. <laughs> and that's important because it's like error messages go out crazy. Like you yes. you you need people who can actually write. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like have you read something from your doctor like a healthcare thing? You need <laughs> people that can write. Yes. 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 <laughs> so there's all kinds of jobs and I, that's how I got involved in this is that um, I'm a black person, I'm in technology. So I showed up at this meeting (laughs) and I was like, okay,
0: yeah, exactly. Let me tell you all
1: about these
0: other parts. Exactly. And that's uh, what I, and that's yeah. why I, I I stopped myself when I said t- um, technical, because I think, I believe not, I think I know that's a huge stumbling block in this space because we only assign technical to coding and not all these other things that people are do that are technical mm-hmm. jobs. So I'm like, let's, let's look at the definition of the word technical and stop making yeah. some shit up because what you know how to do is use, know how to use a tool or technology, which is different. I am still technical. I'm very technical. You don't have my technical skills. We all come at this space with different technical skills. Yeah. And, and they all of a value. And I
1: like I drive my team crazy because I define technology as any man-made thing. Like so the paint on my wall is technology because there's all kinds of science and technical yeah. things that go into that.
0: Oh, you're talking about when you um, t- when, when you want to match that damn paint to the wall, you the stuff you are <laughs> oh, Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And so this idea that, yes, usually when we talk about technology, we're talking about digital or the systems that go into um producing the hardware, and that people are willing to pay a lot of money for, and so I try to encourage as many people as possible to go down that path because it does open up all kinds of um, opportunities for you because of the money. But this idea of being technical in your space but not necessarily a programmer is very important. And I want people to own it and be like, that's my shit. And, that, and I want, I'm glad you brought that up because the
0: reason I, I, I make those differentiations is because of what you just said. I, don't th- I think we do a disservice and I think it's bullshit and it's biased that you have to go into a certain um, area of technical to get paid. Um, somebody like you said, who writes effective content on a website, needs to get paid well. Uh-huh, oh, yeah. That's a oh, yeah. management issue, right there. <laughs> um, yes. um, and, and we need to start evaluating um, certain jobs based on certain criteria that do not um, 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 do not lead to code. Because I tell people all the time, this is the twenty first century. This is a knowledge economy. Um, coding right now is quickly becoming, no, not becoming, is a commodity. Um, and it is, um, w- they're going to be competing with robots pretty soon. And
1: my technical skills, it's going to be a long time before a robot can replace me. I mean, it's just, you can look at what we have today, like kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, if you have a website, I remember 20 years ago-ish, I had to use an HTML editor to ba- make a basic website, and you know, upload something to an FTP server and do all this fetch crap. Mm-hmm. Now I just download WordPress, and that's <laughs> like it's done. So or I mean, Wix, which is even
0: or, or Wix, <laughs>
1: you know, like there's all these tools out there yeah. that do these kind of prepackaged code. Um, the fact that like front end programming. Is a thing now, like that didn't used to really be a thing, yeah. Um,
0: and And now that you have node, uh, yeah, you can just slap a back end
1: on it and make the front beautiful and keep moving, yeah. Um, I'm not saying that those jobs are going away, they're getting more specialized, but like Mm -hmm. that basic level is kind of being Mm -hmm. has been packaged and encapsulated and Mm -hmm. downloaded, like, so you need because of the level of complexity. Um, not the level of complexity, because of the reach of technology now, um, the amount, like, the smart speakers, the smart devices, the ease of use of these tools, the affordability of these tools, um, it spawned even more um, special specialties. So there's conversational mm-hmm. UI designers. There's now, like... Exactly. So it's so it's like
0: although these and, and that's the, and that's the point I want to make. It's like you get these people want to get in these silos and not go out and see and talk to other people in the organization or even in the community. Um, there could there fields that are being created now that didn't exist. there, there was not a need for a five two years ago. You know, and that's what's going to keep happening. And that's what people need to. And that's why we need to. It's not about the the it's those skills of being able to critically think, being able to, um, uh, collaborate all those, I call them human centric skills or what's going to be the thing that keeps you relevant in the future.
1: Yeah. And this to your point too, about like having this basic kind of mental flexibility and toughness and like, you are going to try something that's going to fail. Like it is going to not work for you. Um, because you don't know, you don't, you don't know what's out there. Like, I I was really lucky that when I like when I freaked out in undergrad about like I don't want to be a professor, that somebody was like, "Hey, have you heard of human factors?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, this sounds cool." And it turns out it worked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But
0: oh baby, I was that person. It took so many years to graduate college and so many yeah. colleges because I was like, mm, no, don't want to be here." But no, I it was a it it it, it was a time where. No one was having this. Because had I known that, I just would have finished fucking school and then gone off and did what I wanted to do. And, you know, just be like, okay, right. this is not right. the real world. Had someone told me that then and not the whole whatever you do in college is going to be a damn thing you're going to do for the rest of your life,
1: bullshit. Somebody would have told you that and you wouldn't have believed them. So uh, whatever. Like, I just think about, like, when I was in college, I wanted to be a, a photographer. My mom was like, bitch, I'm not going to go to college to take pictures. So... But, so somebody would have yeah, told you your that, mama, like, me got to meet. <laughs> yeah, <you>, y'all do. <laughs> but, like, people can tell you everything you want, but you, you're going to make a choice, go down a path, and, like, because, I mean, you meet people, I, like, that's one thing I do want. Like, that's an important part of diversity. It's, like, diversity of thought, diversity of experience. But you have to give it to yourself, too.
0: Oh, it has to be. It has to be. For me, it's lived experience. Yes. Because I was never, I'm that person who I need to, for me to understand something. And that's why I'm doing the coding thing. It's not to do a job. It's just, okay, let me, I haven't done this in a while. Let me go through this textbook right quick and just play with this, a little thing. Because it's that doing thing. Yeah. Um, and so for me, is it's not, I don't know it until I've done it. I failed at it, learned from that, and then, like, oh, okay, I get it now. Okay, I got Man. it. Man, yes. So, in your final minutes,
1: um, so what would you like to leave the audience with? I would like to say it took me a while to find out, it took me a while to get comfortable, to understand what's important to me, and, and took some mess ups, some bad um, choices. But I try stuff. So give yourself permission to try out new things and find your voice and learn what you need to go for, what you are there to cause the scene about and go for it. Live your life. <laughs> I love it. Live your life.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been such a great pleasure to catch up with Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Call the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Call the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Call the Scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCalltheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.